0: It's the Tiltcast episode five eleven plus three equal genius. And this week, guys, we talk Assassin's Creed Three Remastered, in this dungeon, derp. Symphony of War, derp, derp. and Lazarus Project. Stay tuned. With our powers combined, we can become one.
1: We're about as live as you're going to get. It's the TiltCast. Woo-hoo! It is uh, Friday, July 1st, the year of 2022, at about nine ten p.m. In the year of the summer heat and pool weather. It's an emulated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. There's no Rusty. And with the two of us, you're going to get some amount of time's worth of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news. We're, we're together in the studio today as... Uh, me and Jason have been, uh, well, I've been working
0: on a project all week. Um, yeah, pool setting up, yay! This time at Justin's house and not mine.
1: Yeah, so, last week, um, his wife pinged me and said, hey, I found a pool. I was like, yeah, but how much? And she's like, oh, around 200 bucks. It's like, what? She's like, yeah. She's like, she's like, it's only, uh, it's not as deep as you want it, so, I don't know if you want it. I was like. Yeah, that costs like five hundred brand new or four fifty brand new. I was like, me and Jason haven't found it any cheaper than four hundred. I was like, I will Cash App you, Venmo, whatever. Go get you cash, whatever it is, but if you have the ability to buy it, I will pay you today. And so Jason's wife um got me a pool at uh she goes to these like big bargain bin shops. And will she do that like every Friday and Saturday or something?
0: She. Some weeks, she's in there three times. Fuck. At least, anymore, she doesn't necessarily buy everything every time. You know, it's more about, like, the hunt and seeing what she can find.
1: Yeah, and I think she enjoyed the hunt because I was on the hunt for two things. A swimming pool and chairs. Yep. And, uh, your wife is very handy at finding deals, and she's very thrifty. Um, so... She went out looking and then finally found that, and I think she was enjoying herself. And she's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, definitely. Get it. I'll pay you. So she got it. It was an open box. Was it Intex pool? Yep. And it's a a fairly common above-ground pool brand. We're not rich, guys. Um, This is what we do. I'd thought about in-ground, but that's several thousand dollars. Probably nowadays, probably closer to like 10 or 20 grand, I'd imagine. Yeah. Not made of that kind of money, um, but I could afford 200 bucks and whatever else I needed to buy around it, as long as it it cost me under a thousand dollars, I was pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, part of my like birthday. Uh, this is my birthday stuff. Yep. So um, I went ahead and got it. I didn't realize how big 15 foot circle is. So I spent 100 bucks at Lowe's getting some wood, a huge level, a big thatching rake, and some rebar. And I went to town in my backyard clearing what I thought was a big enough space. Um, it was not. And it turns out the piece of wood I got was six feet long. And so I've got a 12-foot circle that is cleared out. And I'm missing about three feet on the edges. And when I was trying to line it up, I realized that. And decided I was going to just deal with the consequences for right now. It's about an inch uneven. Yeah, maybe two at one point, but one side is definitely a little bit higher than the other. And after leveling it for two days after work, um, staying up three around three hours a night after work, just grueling out there spinning this. So I'd watch these videos about how to level ground, and. One of the things that I noticed is that, um, people would take a piece of rebar or a big tent stake and drive it through a two by four and then put a level on the two by four and spin it in a big circle and then like dig or rake around it and use that to kind of smooth things out. So that's what I did. There is a spot that's 12 feet in circumference that is perfectly level. Yeah. It's not, what I ended up doing is putting on one edge of the circle and then the other edge of the circle is, uh, not level. So that's why we're higher on the front side. Um, So anyways, I did that for two days. Finally got the pool shit out in the backyard. And by the time I realized the size was not quite big enough, I had already basically gotten everything essentially set up. And I was like, yeah, there's no going back. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, This was a lot of work because it was a lot of work for one person to lift that thing out there. It's like the pool liner by itself is probably like 200 pounds or somewhere, 150, somewhere in there. It's yeah. manageable, right? But it's still heavy, especially dragging it around. And then all the pool fixins, you might say, um, are also not heavy on their own, but as a huge-ass bundle are kind of heavy. So, like, lugging all that shit around and then getting to the very end of it and not having the last piece snap together, which is what I called you about a couple nights ago. Yep. And I could not. It's Wednesday night. And I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. I've gotten this far and I can't snap it together. And what I didn't realize is that I'm also fighting the tension of all the legs. So it's a big. Is that, what is that? A pentectagon? Is that how you say that? Pentectagon? Yes. Um, not a pentagram. Um, it's a pentectagon. Ten sides. So, anyways, the uh, ten-sided circle um, would—I had like four inches of of no play. Yeah, which some people might say about me. Um, <laughs> so, I decided that I was going to approach this a different way, and I pulled all the legs off, which I didn't want to do because I was like, "Fuck, this took me forever." Whatever, I'm just doing it. And then as soon as I did that, I was able to drag it and stretch it a little bit,
0: and it just I mean, snapped it right
1: in. Like, it, it literally pulled off all the legs, and then it, I had all the give I needed to to just pop it in, and I didn't have to do anything special.
0: It really didn't take that long, because I literally um, just, just hung up the phone with you, give, about, giving about you some, some ideas to how to attack that particular problem. Hung up with you, had a very quick conversation with Crystal Hood, just walked back in the door to say, it's 8.20 at night, but I should probably drive over there and help him get this done. And then call you back to let you know, I'm on my way to help you get this done. <laughs> and you're like, got it.
1: <laughs> I was fairly frustrated that <laughs> night. And because I'd gotten that far and I'd been fighting with it all afternoon, like I'd been putting that together because, okay, so like there are some drawbacks to getting something secondhand. Um, The only instructions that were left in the box were ladder instructions and they were in French. They tore the English portion out. So I had no instructions. All the parts were scattered all over the inside of the box. So I sat there and sorted parts and I'm still one foot short. Yeah. Yeah. So, that might actually be one of the reasons that it's shorter on that side. Yeah. Um. And there's no way in hell I'm lifting up that side oh, right now. I can tell I tried tell lifting you. it up about half, when it was about half full, to stick something under there, and I about gave myself a hernia and got it like an eighth of an inch. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is super fucking heavy.
0: Yeah, it doesn't take- <laughs> It's like, at
1: that point, it's probably a couple it... thousand pounds, and I was lifting it up about 400.
0: Well, I told you on the phone before you started- um, before you start filling it, I said you only fill it about an inch to start smoothing the bottom, because once you start to get two inches or more, that pool becomes unmovable.
1: Well, and it got it got pretty heavy quickly. I was trying to stretch out the water's
0: fucking heavy, sir. Yes,
1: well, yeah, that's like eight pounds a gallon or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh,
0: very dense. There's
1: forty five hundred gallons in there. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: well I mean they say it's like like
1: 38,000 pounds of uh something like that.
0: They say like uh um 2 in- 2 inches 2 inches of uh uh two There's inches. so many dick jokes in this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 2 inches of water can be can be denser than 6 inches of concrete. Like, water is no joke. It's just liquid. <laughs> so people don't think about how dense it is. Um, it, it weighs a lot. Um,
1: 8.3 pounds? Man, I, where did that knowledge come from? Life. I remember really strange things, guys. Um, I don't know where it comes from. I I can recall numbers usually really well. Um conversations on the other hand. We've got a friend Dave who does our game. Whoa. And Dave can remember whole episodes of shows and yeah. whole conversations that we had 20 years ago. I couldn't fucking tell you. Yep. I can't even tell you what I was thinking about yesterday. I, words for some reason I just don't stick with me. Um like so I do well, meetings I mean, all day and like I wrote I write down very detailed notes on what I want to talk about because I can talk forever. But Unless it's something I'm incredibly interested in and have just memorized different details because of interest, just goes in one ear and out the other. I was even noticing, like, my hey, ADHD gets really bad at work, and because I have to juggle so much, right? I've been, I've got a position I'm interviewing for right now that's a pretty high-paying position, and I kept, I had like eight different parts of the process that I had to manage today, and the only way I got through it is I put on some music that's really familiar to me. And just let it chug along, so that I could just sit here and zone out all the other—I call them empty thoughts—that just go through my head that are distractions that mean nothing. Um, yeah, like builds and games and like just weird bullshit like that that goes on. <sighs> I've got a really stupid brain. Um, this is not a beautiful mind. Um, <laughs> it's well, very I mean, chaotic.
0: that's like it, between. Between you, uh me and Dave, I think we have the the perfect eide- the, the three eide- of us make a genius. The three of us make the uh the perfect idetic memory because of the you
1: yeah. Look at this. Well, off the top of my head I said thirty eight thousand pounds, thirty seven, three fifty with the right formula. So
0: I don't feel too bad um, about that quick math in my head. Right. So the uh b- with the different parts of things that all of us can remember dave can remember you know movies shows conversations without a hitch i remember random stupid shit that i've read in random books and random articles on the internet without without second thought work information etc
1: like i'm not a true multitasker mm. but i have to distract stray thoughts yeah so, like sometimes when I'm, we talk about this all the time when we're gaming, like tabletop gaming, about because these guys have been talking about the boys and Stranger Things and all this other shit. And I haven't gotten through any of it. And part of that is because I can't sit through an episode of something unless I have somebody to bounce it off of immediately after. And if I can't do that, I have to be doing something at the same time to keep my mind from wandering. So sometimes I'll take a turn based game and play that at the same time that I watch an episode of something. Yeah. And then when my mind starts to drift, I'll go to the turn based game to lock myself back in. And then when it starts to get interesting again on the show, then I'll bounce back. And similarly, when I right. game, if I don't have enough interest in the story or it's poorly written, as 95% of video games are, in my opinion, um, what'll happen is I will start to zone out while I'm gaming. And so I play podcasts while I'm gaming. About all sorts of random bullshit. It's either comedy or... Yep. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. So, I'm like a 45-year-old middle-aged woman. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, which have nothing to do with gaming.
0: I love going true to, crime podcasts. I'm going to
1: pimp out two podcasts. See, I'm on like a random streak here. Two two podcasts. One of them's called Small Town Murder, which is a couple of knuckleheads that are comedians Yeah. that talk about shit and make fun of all the shit around a murder. And they're pretty funny. And I like them a lot. Um, it's an M-rated show as well. Um, and then I listen to uh last podcast on the left quite a bit, which yeah. is also a bunch of knuckleheads that, so, that talk about some crazy. You want sometimes. me to give
0: you a new one? Sure. Cops and Cocktails. Okay. Willing
1: to give it a check, a checkout. Um, I go through, uh, probably about 30 hours of podcasts a week. Yeah. They, this is why I don't stick to one show. Those are two of the shows I listen to. Yes. I listen I've, to. I listen, Five to ten hours
0: of podcast a day. I listen to the same two you do, but I also um, I discovered Cops and Cocktails because I'll I'll be honest, like most of the freaking company or country. I mean, I was uh, watching chunks of uh, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard Heard trial. Oh Jesus! And the uh, Uh, and some of the recaps, mostly because a lot of, uh, a lot of the, uh, witnesses as well as, um, uh, Amber Heard's testimony itself was just like pure comedy gold. And, and to some extent, so was Johnny's. Um, it it was just one of the most funny, entertaining things I've ever watched. I know it's a very serious issue, guys, and I'm not I'm not taking sides on either one of those. Um, because I believe they're both fucked up people, but (laughs) a little bit more of a fan of Johnny. Not gonna lie, but um, there
1: there was Amber Heard's a cry bully, and I don't know, I don't care if that's
0: politically incorrect, but she's a fucking cry bully. But
1: there was so much a a lot of evidence to say she
0: cut off his fucking finger. Yeah. Um, but there, there was so much comedic gold that came out of that. Um, but while I was on there, um, cause most of that I streamed on YouTube, uh, on a channel called law and crime. And one of its sister channels is this cop cops and cocktails and are podcast on iTunes and Spotify as well. I keep thinking you're saying cocks um, and cocks. <laughs> I know. Right. Um, so Cox and Cocktails. <laughs> um you remember Sticks from uh uh from Live P D? The Tulsa cop that was on there? No, I never watched I don't watch any reality okay. T V. So uh it's it's Sergeant Sticks oh, from He was dating somebody incredibly famous for a while, right? Yes, for a little bit there, yeah. What was her name? Fuck, I can't remember
1: some beautiful famous musician it was a musician. country
0: it was a country musician i don't remember who
1: i'm not going to let that distract um, me continue but
0: anyway um so it's him it's one of his buddies who is a lifelong um oklahoman uh and he's super hilarious and they just they generally interview a uh, um uh, random uh po- retired police officers uh chiefs etc military people um some celebrities etc but it's all about um it's all about generally real crimes um or crime waves etc uh and it's a, it's just some really interesting shit. You learn a lot. You're going to learn a lot about what they go through. Um, some episodes get pretty political, but and I just kind of skip through some of those. But honestly, it's
1: the ones that I listen to. It's not actually for the true crime. It's just for the fucking
0: knuckleheads. Yeah, um, yeah, and and that's a lot of this because some of the some of the comments you get out of sticks and his partner is just pure fucking gold there's all kinds of dick jokes fart jokes etc that just come off it's great
1: but yeah so continuing on with the story um so last last night i finally got to a stage where i could put some water in it and i'd stretched out the because after i got it put together i was like i'm not fucking messing with this any longer and yeah. so, last night, I started stretching out the bottom. I didn't get it quite perfect. I realized that tucking in the tarp underneath it to start was a bad idea, so it got super uneven, so I had to, like, re under redo that last night. And then today, about 9 o'clock in the morning, I had a little spot between meetings, so I popped out there real quick, dropped the hose in there, and just let her rip,
0: and it's still going 12 hours later. Yeah, I under... When I told you an estimated time to fill the damn pool, I underestimated the fact that your water pressure would be less out here than it is at my house. Um yeah, it's uh fill time could totally depend on your water pressure.
1: It absolutely would. I mean, it depends on the volume of water going in there. I mean,
0: you you've got to be you've got to be on on the order of 50 to 100 gallons less per hour than me.
1: Yeah, it's your pool's um, about is like one foot in diameter smaller, basically in the same depth Yeah,
0: basically about uh basically about twelve hundred gallons less than what your pool is.
1: Still though, I mean, it's filling really slow.
0: <laughs> yeah. We just now We turned on the pump. Right, right before we came in to start recording, turned on the pump. I've been over here for three hours
1: yeah because I cooked Jason dinner while he uh
0: while he cleaned the pool out yeah, I did the initial clean out at least now Justin knows roughly how it works <laughs> and, and that was my thing if you're if you're a first time pool person um you've never tried one before, but it piques your interest and you do end up getting one of the smaller ground boat above ground pools to start with. And this is true whether it's one of those easy, you know, quick setup fill it with air soft poles, or it's a, or it's a frame vinyl pole like Justin and I have. Um, you know, it it can be a little overwhelming to set up the first time. There are cert- there are definitely, um, some really great resources to help you get it set up. There's a a website called Swim Academy uh, that does a lot of uh, uh, great how-to videos and articles um, on maintenance and cleaning, etc. Um, also, the there is a actual Clorox pool and spa app uh, that, believe it or not, has some great tools and some great instructional videos as well. Um, but most importantly... Find find somebody who's set up a pool before that you may know and just ask questions. If they're close enough to you to help you, that's great too. It can take a load off. But really they're not not that hard set up. Just don't be afraid of the chemicals. Um and be sure to do your homework on uh on the type of pool that you have as far as the initial chemical setup, etc. But once you get set up, man, it can be really rewarding. You're going to love having it there when you go mow, mow the lawn this summer. You get done mowing the lawn, you're sweating like a fucking pig. Just jump in the fucking pool. <laughs> dust, dust the grass off of you and just jump in the fucking pool.
1: Yeah, I might end up doing that. I sweat like crazy. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's been an experience this week, which means that I've, like, jumped into game in spots, but, like, literally when you are been dicking with something like this that's physical for three or four hours every single day, like, it's been a lot of, uh, I'm just gonna plop down and play what my brain can handle until I'm too tired to, like, I've gotten, like, an hour and a half, maybe a night since I've been dicking with this. Um Yeah. But doesn't mean that i didn't pick up some shit on
0: the steam cell and try shit out right um right i picked up a few things installed them i've not i've not actually played them yet but hey do you know what you picked up um so because i never played it because you know um uh playstation exclusives and not spending seventy dollars on shit um I picked up Horizon Zero Dawn on PC because that'll look infinitely better on my PC than it would on PS4.
1: <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You got a um, 2080, don't you? Because I've got a 2080.
0: Yeah. Is it a TI? No. So it's still a 2080. But though. it's still the 8 gig version of the 2080. So, I mean. Still, even
1: right now, that's still, that stucker's probably still going for seven or 800 bucks.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that that card's still worth a ridiculous amount on on aftermarket. Um, so I got that. Um, and I picked up some... a uh, couple of other older things. Um, I did go ahead and pick up Vampire Survivors on there because I love that freaking game. I wanted to support them, and Lord knows how long uh, that's going to be on Game Pass. Yeah, and
1: I think on sale it was like under $2, right?
0: Yeah, but I think I paid full price for it. I don't think it was on sale If you on like, the Steam sale.
1: If you like Vampire Survivors, I'm going to bring this back up. There's a game that I've been, I talked about last week, that I've gotten a lot farther in. It's not quite as good as Vampire Survivors, so I'm going to say that right off the bat. It's not as good as Vampire Survivors, but on the Steam sale... And, oh, I still need to get last week's episode up. Um, it's called Project Lazarus. So it's basically the same thing as Vampire Survivors, but with mechs. And, oh, yeah, you don't combine items to get their evolution. You just get them to level 10. Um, I think it's like eighty three on Steam right now. Um, same thing. Plays a little bit more like a twin-stick shooter because you can rotate. You've got guns that face a direction. Um, and I do like the fact that as you get new weapons, it adds the part on your mech and your mech changes. It's You, you can see the loadout you have on your mech. But plays very similar to the Vampire Survivors. It only has three levels. I have not gotten to the 30-minute mark. Like I said, it's a Vampire Survivors clone, um, even to the point where you're picking up little blue orbs and green orbs and red orbs. Um, the currency works a little bit different. Um, But it's essentially very similar. But yeah, um, Project Lazarus is a great cheap find for me has been a great alternate to Vampire Survivors when, so I've played Vampire Survivors so much I can always hit the 30 minute mark just about every time, even on the challenge levels. So it's kind of hard for me to, I'm going to wait till they release a few more things before I jump back in to get more unlocks. So that's kind of where I've played six and a half hours of Project Lazarus in the last few days. That's been one of my mainstays because it's quick and easy um, to jump in and then jump out. You can't save run just like you can't with Vampire Survivors. You just quit and you get whatever you got. Yeah. Which, same thing with Vampire Survivors. You can quit and you get whatever unlocks that you got during that level at the time you're playing. So if you can't play any longer, then that's fine. But I would highly recommend it, um, especially if it's a no-brainer at that price. You could buy the game for you and, you know, three of your friends and still pay less than a gallon of gas.
0: Hell yeah. And I'm trying to remember well, what else I picked up. Oh, I also uh, picked up Assassin's Creed Odyssey on the cheap. okay. Because... Yeah, you know, I don't like I, that I one as, as well.
1: I don't like that one as much. I think you'd have Not, been better off with. You can play Origins right now on
0: Game Pass. That's the whole reason I bought Odyssey. Was you know Origins is there, and I figure once I finish my run with the Ezio collection and and three, which I just started three.
1: I, in my opinion, out of the last the three, other day. it probably goes Origins. Now I haven't I haven't beaten Valhalla, but Origins, Valhalla, then Odyssey. Yeah. For qual- for terms of how the game felt to me, as far as... I like the Egyptian lore, I think, the best out of the
0: three. Yeah. Even though I really like Vikings, I really like the Egyptian stuff, so... Well, I mean, I I said it before, I, I like Vikings, too, but I felt like the main issues with Valhalla that I ended up running into that made me kind of fall off of it about halfway through and why I haven't finished it. I need to finish it, but why I didn't is it just played too much into the current popular Viking stereotypes, and not enough into what Vikings in that time period actually were like. It's written um, a little bit weird it it's really what written kind of weird. there are aspects that are good um like the the Isu being um uh making up the uh uh, uh the norse gods um zu zo- uh thor in particular being the one that or odin sorry odin being being in particular who you run into in this game um but uh and i could see snippets from origins where they uh where they really played the Isu into the Egyptian gods really well. I'm not sure how that will um, work with the Greek gods and and what I'm sure are some of like the Greek myths that uh, that happened there. Because um, of course the Greeks had a whole lot of myth, even more than the than the Egyptians that that could play into mythical monsters, etc. That could have been the Isu, or even the the human Isu hybrids, but I don't know, man. I I just think Assassin's Creed as much fun as as I can still have uh, have playing um, Valhalla, and I'm sure I'll have some fun playing Odyssey and Origins. Um, I just still think since three the qualities done nothing but go down da- dip down come up slightly dip down again come up slightly like
1: it's they it, it's a machine that runs that franchise right so sometimes they get some people that have some really interesting ideas and sometimes they don't i don't even know if they've had the same core designer they did way back with Ezio. yeah uh, i will say Um, I'll give you guys a sneak preview. Um, I'm on the alpha for Endless Dungeon um, for the first-run open dev, and I will preface it this way. Didn't really say anything about an NDA, so I'm not going to really... I don't think I'm going to spoil much. I think all I'm going to do is talk about what I... Because of the state of the game, this is not a review. And I'll just open with that, and I don't think I'll get in trouble. If I do, whatever. Um, so it starts off right? You enter your email to get into the closed access weekend because it's only open this weekend, and I think I got the taste I needed to understand it, which is what I needed um and so you download the game, and the game opens the video, giving you instructions from one of the developers as to what you're supposed to do. so this is the first time I've been in something quite this unique um but the gal that's. Talking through it tells you, like, hey, this is not the final statute of the game. You're going through a single run. What we're doing is we're going to fill out a survey at the end of this and tell us what we did right and what we did wrong and what we can improve on, etc. cetera. So, Dungeon of the Endless was one of my favorite games when it came out, like, seven or eight years ago. And it was a hybrid roguelike tower defense kind of RPG where you unlock different types of ships that crash landed into a planet and you would gather resources on nodes, open doors, which would give you resources based on what machines you had down. And then you'd fight creatures and then have different traps set up. This um, is set up in a way where you can play single player or multiplayer like a twin stick shooter. And I thought, okay, well, this is going to suck because I don't have anybody to play with. Well. They let you hot swap between characters, and the characters have AI, and you can give them some commands. So it started me off, it looks like I can get a team of up to three people currently, uh, but it started me off with a team of two people. And it walked me through the tutorial on what to do and how to play it, etc., and then set me loose in the game. As it stands right now, they've got a hub world where you talk with little conversations with different characters to kind of get some lore building and understand The central premise for how this plays as a roguelike is you crash landed on the space station and your characters continue to get revived by the machine. Um, And it changes its layout every time you enter into the machine. So the enemies and the levels and all that stuff is 100% random, which is similar to Dungeon of the Endless. So this is Endless Dungeon. Gotcha. And you still have all It seemed a little bit less trap-focused in the first one, which is some of the feedback that I left. It's like, I'd like to have more resources for traps. Because I used to build essentially, like, turret runs of things so that I could have kind of a safe haven for my characters to move. And I think what the idea here is you have more central control of your character so you can do a lot more of the fighting. And I think they should give you a little bit more resources for the turrets. However, um... The fighting feels good. There's no ammo management, which is good. You just have unlimited ammo. There is health management, so you have to heal up, and you find these health stations that you use your food. So Endless Games all have four resources. They have what looks like wheat, dust, industry, and science, and it uses all of those elements with this. The dust is what you use to upgrade your crystal, The food is what you use to upgrade things that help your character's survivability. Your science are what unlocks new technologies. Um, The old one, you just unlocked a science node and placed it down, and it generated science. In this one, you do generate science, but you find it... Well, no, I had this, too. Find a research center, and the research center, you defend against waves of enemies as soon as you start researching something. So you have to defend that, and you have to defend your central crystal. The old game, you get to a lift and continue to travel down, um, and it'd load in between levels. This, you take your crystal, which is walking, just like it did before, but before it was one of your characters would have to grab it. So you'd usually pick either a really durable character or a really fast character to carry it. Um, But anyways, it moves between rooms, and when it picks itself up to move to the next room, Um, You get endless waves of things coming from the different spawners. And then what you have to do is you have to fight those waves as you go, and hopefully you manage your resources to provide like a turret line to kind of help you slow down things and trap them and um, fight them off while you try to get the crystal to the next room. But instead of loading a new room, you basically open a door, defend it while it puts itself in the socket, and then the door closes, and then you're in the next room. There's no load time. You're literally... It does that. The door closes, you can't go back, but now you're in the next area. Gotcha. Just pretty neat. Uses a lot of ray tracing effects. It's not quite optimized yet. I left feedback about the optimization. But it uh has a lot of pretties. It looks very good. It looks very much current gen or next gen with all the ray tracing and all the you know, all of the uh shaders and all of the things going on at the same time. Um but it uh it's got a lot of promise. If you liked Endless Dungeon, this is the twin stick version of that. Plays very similar in all the right ways. Could use a little help with some of the stuff. I'm sure part of that is also the fact that I only got through one run because when I was immediately, as soon as I died, um, it loaded in a video thanking me for trying out the game and immediately threw me into a survey.
0: Gotcha. So
1: But that was really neat to experience that. Endless Dungeon
0: looks pretty fucking cool. Nice. I mean...
1: It's what I played Dungeon last night. of
0: the Endless was a great game, so...
1: Yeah, it's literally one of my favorite games because it has tower defense plus strategy in that and RPG elements. Like, it's a really weird hybrid of games, but they do it incredibly well. It's resource management plus tower defense plus, you know, upgrading characters to make them more powerful and then figuring out how to use them correctly. Yeah. But I have more to talk about when that game's in a different state, so I'll just keep you guys updated where they're at with it. Um, gotcha. If you didn't have something else, I do
0: have one more thing to talk about. I did uh, actually get through Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Uh, Finished 2 Shit, you did have last some weekend. Um, well, you know, when you're not worried about... Uh, uh, hunting feathers and every amount of uh, and every amount of uh, treasure boxes that you can get to, um, and just blaze through the uh, uh, blaze through the story missions. Which, believe it or not, did not stop me from getting all the all the damn upgrades I could get because I still made plenty of fucking money.
1: Um, oh yeah, you buy new gear in that, don't you?
0: Yeah. Um, despite that, I, uh, I mean, I, I got through them pretty quick. I'd say about, uh, uh, about uh, thirty hours in each one, somewhere in there. Um, so maybe a, maybe a little bit less for Brotherhood.
1: I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that one's actually
0: that long. Um. But I mean, then again, Crystal did get those for me like almost a month ago now. Um and then uh uh started in on started in on three remastered. So I do have something to say about remastered. Um I was one of the very few people that, that really, really liked pretty much everything in that game except for the very end. Um the end of Desmond's story kind of felt like a kind of felt like a big ass slap in the face. I didn't mind him sacrificing himself, but the fact that his sacrifice didn't like completely stop the situation just <sighs> made me so frustrated. Anyway, not gonna get into in depth in that right now. Um But starting this up and playing through it, I don't know if it's the fact that um this game uh, has not been... Uh, the remastered version hasn't been greatly optimized yet. Um, I've not seen any updates for it. But the... Uh, a lot of the cutscenes... Just do not load and run properly. Uh, they will start and stop. But like the... um the, uh, subtitle text will keep going at normal pace. Um, or it will just freeze completely and I have to close the game and restart it. Um, this is the Xbox version of it. Uh, so, um, the, uh, um, so, I don't know if, if it's true with the PC version or not, but it just, it doesn't, doesn't run right. And I don't know what the fuck the problem is. Um, but it's definitely, um, uh, Uh, definitely very frustrating because you complete a memory and it goes into cutscene and then you're just uh, you're just stuck there. Um, And it's inexplicable because it will be running fine and then just stop. Um, So I don't I don't know what the What the fuck is wrong with that game? But it's extremely frustrating. Um, and I genuinely like that game. So, uh, hear me, hear me, EA, fix the shit. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it right now is that that playthrough is totally. Disappointing and I may just drop it And start playing Origins That's too bad Even though Origins Is probably A lesser game
1: Normally I'd say that but if the other one's kind of broken Then I can understand um, One of the games That I talked about last week that I've continued to play Is called Symphony of War And that was the game that was very much like Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen And I will tell you that game has just continued to get better. As I've played it, I've got about close to 25 hours in the game. Um, But it's a... You end up getting powers, and that game makes the game even better. Um, Won't say what, but essentially at a certain point in that game, you end up getting additional abilities that really change the balance of the game in your favor with smaller squads. It's really cool. Um, and I've just had a blast. I I like playing it every time I jump into it. I know what I'm getting into. It's familiar because it's something that's, you know, a 30 year old premise, but it's a really well done RPG maker game. And I don't say that about RPG maker games. It's an exceptionally good RPG maker game. Um, but I don't really have much else in the way of game. Do you have anything else in the way of game?
0: No, I really don't.
1: Why don't we take a break, and then we'll be back and we can talk a little bit more about what's in the news. Hell yeah, we'll be back. We had to check, uh, do some more chemistry, some more alchemy with pool. So we messed with that. And then we dug into some of the current events we want to talk about. We've been on break now for about 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. I also had to drop a deuce. So, you know, we're good. They needed to know that Jason. Yes, they did. Cause everybody loves poop content except you. That is correct.
1: Um, so While we're on the topic of news, uh, I wanted to go through some things. So, Nintendo Direct happened just two days ago. So, right before uh, Wednesday, which would have been like the 29th. And so, there was a lot of different little announcements. One of the things that just came out, which I'm highly anticipating, I don't know if I'll play it this week or not. We'll see. But Monster Hunter Rise has a huge DLC called Sunbreak. Nice. Um, Just released on Switch, but also released on PC. And if you go on Green Man, you can get it for like 30 bucks. So, which is what exactly what I did. Um, start to sound like a shill for Green Man, but Green Man's got some great deals. You basically got to buy about $100 worth of stuff over your lifetime, and it locks you in on a permanent fixed discount on almost everything. Nice. Including brand new releases. It's so like Midnight Suns, I think right now I can get for $45 instead of $60, hmm. which is pretty crazy. That's pretty good. Um, but yeah, like Monster Hunter Rise... Sunbreak just came out. So they kind of like showed people like, Hey, this is on switch, even though it was originally a switch game. It's a pretty good looking game. Um, I think the art style lends itself to the switch. Um, switch also finally released near automata, the end of your edition, which comes out with all the additional content that came on it and actually looks pretty good on the switch. Um, so if you're big into that version of near, um, it comes out on October 6th. And I think you might be interested if you did. Um, one of our... So if you listen to Picking Up the Pixels, John from uh, that show is really big into Nier. And I believe Boston is as well. Yep. So... Um, and Rusty was really big into Nier. There was a really weird one that I was watching the trailer for. Uh, it's kind of like a adventure puzzle-solving game called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes, which sounds ridiculous. Kind of like the title, though. It's a uh, very... Contrasty looking, kind of, uh, what would you call it? It's almost like cell shaded, but like manga style, like really high contrast, really sharp detail. Um, I think you just have to see it to see what it is, but especially for me, who's not necessarily a big Nintendo guy, I saw it and I was like, hey, that looks kind of cool. I, if I had a Switch right now, I'd totally be picking that up. Right. Um, Announced, Um, it should be out sometime in 2023. Um, Super Bomberman R2 was announced as well. Um, It's in development. Um, It's supposed to bring the classic maze mode that you had before, but it has an expanded suite of multiplayer modes, um, which will allow teams of up to 15 players to try to get to a treasure chest while one person defends it. Um, Kind of interesting. I think uh, Bomberman's always been cool. I've liked it forever. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, um, coming out in 2023, is going to have 10 Mega Man games on it. That's not new games, but it is old classic Mega Man games. I think you'll need to look to see what it is, Um, but it has 10 games. And I think whatever price tag they slap on that, as long as it's not seventy dollars, is probably a good price. Like I would pay 30 or 40 bucks for 10 Mega Man games.
0: Hell yeah. Um easy.
1: Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of bigger releases. Um, there is a handcrafted adventure game called Blank, or maybe Blanc, B-L-A-N-C. Um. It looks really neat artistically, but it's A fawn and a wolf cub working together. I don't know. It seems kind of dumb, and it seems like it could be cool. I don't know. Uh, If you like Monkey Island, um, Return to Monkey Island is coming this year, um, and it's going to be launching on Switch first. I believe it's going to eventually come to Game Pass, Um, but I know for sure it's coming to Switch first. If you like the original Monkey Island um, adventure game series, and you'll probably like that. It's the same people. Um, I know a lot of people have tried to get me into Mario Plus Rabbids because they said it was a lot like XCOM. Well, I appreciate the enthusiasm. It's not as cool as XCOM.
0: But it is No, but it was entertaining though.
1: There's a new one coming out, like I said, Mario Plus Rabbids: Sparks of Hope. Um Basically, it's just releasing here in October of 20th of 2022 if you like the first game. Probably like that. One of the games that I was kind of interested in that was a little bit different is called Little Noah, Scion of Paradise. It's an action platformer roguelite. So when I say action platformer, you're doing combos and like melee combat kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, You're a little dude that has a pet. Your name is Noah. And while the name seems kind of dumb, the concept seems pretty cool. Um, let's see, anything else that I really, everything about Sonic Frontiers looks like shit, stay away, if you're interested, go look at it, but it looks like a whole bunch of empty nothing. I don't see that being good, I'm just gonna say that. No. Let it die, or make it 2D, cause,
0: just, I don't know how you do open world Sonic, that seems dumb. Yeah, Sonic should stay a platformer, just saying.
1: Uh, Minecraft Legends is coming to Switch as well. I haven't given it much of a chance cuz I thought it was kind of easy and dumb, so that was just me being really cynical. Um Dragon Quest Treasures is a chibi-style Dragon Quest um what was it? Dragon Quest Builders. I think that came out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that but less focused on the building and more focused on taming of creatures. That comes out on December 9th. Might like that. Uh, Portal companion collection comes out. Is Portal one and two coming to Switch finally? Which seems weird, but it's out right now. Um, Portal's great. If you never had a chance to play Portal, I absolutely play it. It's one of the best games I've ever played, Um, and will continue to be. It's just it's brilliant.
0: It's still to this day, you know. As long as you put a year or two between playthroughs, it's still one of the best. Those are still two of the best puzzle games out there, period. Yeah, I very easily love it. Um, I can't think
1: of... It's one of my favorite games ever. Um, there's a game that looks kind of like a 3D Stardew Valley called Harvestella Stella coming out, which so looks like there's some kind of impending doom that you're trying to escape, but it kind of has that Zen Garden appeal that Stardew Valley has. And when I find a good one of those, there's a couple of games I have my eye on that I'm not going to mention yet because I don't know how they're going to play out. Um, I feel like those games have a certain spot with me where when I'm in the mood for Zen, like those farming games, well specifically Stardew Valley holds a special place with me. I right. really like Stardew Valley. Um, even though Persona moved to PC and Xbox earlier this month, three enhanced Persona games are heading to Nintendo Switch. Uh, Persona 5 Royal Switch port will arrive alongside Persona 4 Golden. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 5 Royal, all on October 21st. And some of the two older games dropping later in 2023. So there was a fair amount of announcements. Um, Was there an announcement you picked up about Metroid that I missed?
0: Um, It wasn't... um, I don't know that it was officially announced. Um, but, uh, But this news came via Jeff Grubb uh for anybody who doesn't know, uh, via Giant Bomb Podcast. Well you know um, that
1: Giant Bomb isn't Giant Bomb anymore. So oh, if you wow. haven't followed Jeff Gersman left Giant Bomb, so it's all the people that hired on after Jeff. Gotcha. Not even Ben Pack. So like
0: it's a whole other crew. Wow. Well this this came uh this last week by Grubb um who uh said that uh, one of Nintendo's uh, planned launches for the Switch this holiday season is a Metroid Prime remaster, um, which will shortly be followed by the sequels um, as separate launches. Um, In terms of the work done on the remaster, um, Grubb said he akin it to a big boy remaster. Um, so that kind of suggests that maybe there's a little bit more than simple texture upgrades happening on this one. It would need a lot of upgrades. This game's pretty old. Yeah, it is. And it was on the GameCube, which was a completely different architecture. So, you know, we'll see what goes into it. Um, I love those games. Um... No secret about that, no bones about it, Um been kinda upset that I've not been able to find another reliable copy for my GameCube and not been able to play it again, so I would definitely pick up a remaster, and that's exactly what Nintendo's vying for, and you know what? Fuck it, take my money. <laughs> There is
1: one thing I wanted to mention. I don't know if you had this on your docket, but did you see that the Xbox app finally launched on Samsung TVs? Yes, I did. Did you see any more about that?
0: Uh, Nothing more than the articles we mentioned prior. Um, I do know it is uh, the last year's model TVs. Um, So the ones with the – or any TV I would imagine that – can upgrade to the newest version of Tenzin um, for the TVs. So um, uh, you can always check uh, Samsung's website for um, for exact models. Um, that's the most I know about it. I know it's not on either one of the Samsung TVs I currently have in my house. But granted mine are several several years old. Um and yours is old as Sin, too, so.
1: Yeah, no, mine uh mine definitely doesn't support that. There was so there was some mention, I'm trying to remember what game, and I couldn't find it on the fly. But one of the games that's launching on Switch here soon is using XCloud. Really? And I can't remember for the life of me which game it is. But there's a game launching on xCloud for Switch, which is a weird cross-platform thing. Huh. God, I'm gonna
0: have to... xCloud on Nintendo Switch. Well, maybe, uh, Nintendo finally decided that their their game servers aren't aren't worth a shit, like the rest of us have been telling them for a while, and have gotten smart. Because if there's if there's one thing uh, Microsoft's doing right, it's it's fucking streaming servers. Um, their Azure platform is, when it comes to supporting that, is fucking crazy. Um,
1: yeah, it's it's a it's streaming to. Switch and I can't remember which game But I want to say it comes out in October And if I could find My Nintendo Direct News It uh, I'm sorry guys I literally saw this Bookmarked it in my head And then forgot to Forgot to figure out Where it was coming from But it's a game that's on both
0: Ah fuck me
1: Okay, I could be a hundred percent wrong. Somebody tell me what it is, because now I can't find the name of the game. I am almost positive that I saw this. Plague, Requiem, Plague Tale Requiem is coming to Nintendo Switch as a cloud version. So I can neither confirm nor deny that it is XCloud, but that is a Xbox Studio. It would have to be
0: it would have to be X Cloud driven.
1: Yeah, and right now the only way to do switch on XCloud is to run the Android client on your Switch. So,
0: I guess you have to get around the proprietary software to do that, which means only any Switch produced before 2019 or some shit like that because uh because of the firm, the last firm Real firmware upgrade that Nintendo did to the Switch to patch the the jailbreaking.
1: Honestly, if you've got really strong internet and really good Wi Fi in your house, like playing xCloud on your tablet is not bad at all. No, it's not. Played uh, the majority of uh, Yakuza like a dragon via that uh, with a controller, the Xbox controller on my old ass Samsung Galaxy tablet, but 6S6 or whatever it's, it's or s6 light it's not a it's not a powerful tablet but i figured it didn't have to be a powerful tablet to stream things quickly no it doesn't so that's one of my game pass options for while i'm watching tv and one of my well when i had x cloud it was one of the ways i was playing x cloud but um i guess that brings me to my next point i uh i pre-ordered a steam deck not the most expensive version, not the least expensive version, the one that's right in the middle because I didn't figure that the anti-glare screen and the additional storage made a $100 difference for me when I could just put a micro SD in it for the old games and then run newer games off the the NVMe that's built into it, the short form factor NVMe. Yeah. It's only $5 down and I'm not going to get it till probably like this time next year, so
0: yeah now I will say um on that, I actually had a news article about Steam deck, so coming out this week um there has been uh news reports by um a couple different hardware publications that uh noticed um the two hundred and fifty six gigabyte and five hundred twelve gigabyte versions of Steam deck. Are uh, shipping with uh, three different types of NVMe uh, drives now. Um, of course, the original Gen four four lane, um, but they've also spotted a two lane and a four lane PCIe Gen three SSD. Um, when asked about it, um, Steam a Steam engineer. Uh, replied to one of the publications saying that they've test tested extinct, uh, extensively and determined that there's no impact to performance between the two models. Um, and I'm just going to say this, guys. Even if, um, uh, and there have been, of course, social media complaints about this since the news articles released. But let me say this, guys as a as an enthusiast PC owner and and builder as myself, Justin and Rusty all are, we can we can tell you that is a uh, PCIe Gen three, two lane or four lane drive slower than a gen four, four lane? Yeah, they are. Is it enough to impact performance in um in any game today that's going to that is going to be played on the Steam Deck at the resolutions that it supports, in no way is that going to be a noticeable impact to performance. Um so
1: the only thing I can see is maybe load times being slightly slower. The thing is is NVMe is so much faster than what games work with nowadays. Yeah. That it's faster than what the game supports. So I'm not ultimately that worried for, because, okay, I could be totally wrong, but the types of games that I play on the Steam Deck versus what I play, I play a whole lot of strategy games and I play a right. few AAA titles, but I could see, I, I know it runs Horizon well, Zero Dawn. Let Let me tell you this. Like there's so much that's optimized for it that's AAA, it's just there- fucking crazy.
0: There are only two pieces of software currently on my computer, and I have several, um, current gen games installed on my PC that are impacted, um, by whether or not they're installed on my NVMe drive instead of one of my two, um, solid state drives as far as load times. That is fucking Microsoft Windows and Cyberpunk 2077.
1: Yeah, I can't see Cyberpunk playing that well on a Steam Deck. Not
0: even um, Halo Infinite. It doesn't make a difference whether it's on the regular SATA SSD or the MVME. No difference at all. I just... Like, literally, if there is a difference in the load times, it is in milliseconds, and it is not perceptible. You know what I mean? I do. I want to say one real quick thing on performance before we bounce off the news.
1: Um, so, I have a, a Ryzen 5, right? Um, and it's the 12-core uh, version. 3800? It's the 6-core, 12-core version. The Ryzen 5 3800? Yeah. And there was a really big AMD update that happened in May. So, if you have an AMD chip, I encourage you to flash the BIOS. Um, It took me... uh, I haven't flashed BIOS in a while, so it took me a while to figure out how to get my... I should have copied my tuning down for my... Okay, we're not going to... Well, we're a nerdy enough podcast to say this. Yeah. My XMP profile was not set correctly, and I forgot that you have to put set the... So, it depends on the speed of your processor, A... Right, Mm -hmm. So I had to overclock my processor first and then figure out what the XMP profile it would support at that speed because I clocked it a little bit faster than I did before. So I put it at 4.4 because my new case is I've got a Liam Lee case. My new case is running things a lot cooler than my old case and a lot more efficiently. Um, It did make a difference um, from my old case. My old case was it was eight years old. It needed to be replaced. Um, so anyways, long story short, I had to retune my settings for the overclock and then I had to go into the XMP profile and set the settings in that. And my Ram doesn't support faster than, um, 3.4 gigahertz basically. Right. Um, but at that speed, it sucks. (laughs) It's really unreliable. It's fast. And then it, I get these random glitches and hiccups. So I down had to down-tune it to 3200, and then I had to set the native speed for it at half that, which is 1600. So it took me about an hour to figure out what I was doing wrong and why it wasn't booting properly and why it would get all freaking hinky and then restart and all this other shit. But honestly, the easiest way that I should have followed is most boards now have a button you can press to flash your BIOS. You basically plug in a thumb drive, you press the button, it flashes your BIOS, and then just make sure you write down your custom settings if you did go in and change any of your BIOS settings um, so that you can get those exactly tuned how you want. But once I figured out what I was doing wrong, which was really silly, which had to do with my XMP profile, um, it booted up fine. I have zero weird hitches. That was one of the things I'd run into. Every now and then I just have a frame scoop. Um, and it had something to do with how AMD was... a. I think it had something to do with how it did addressing on its memory or something like that. I don't know. And now I'm just screaming bullshit and I know it. So I'm going to call myself out and stop. But I do know that there was a particular issue that caused it to hitch sometimes when it was performing. And then with this new BIOS flash, like all that shit went away and now it runs fucking screaming great. So if you have an AMD, um, an AMD chipset, it's worth going and downloading the new BIOS flash. And then just take your time, watch if you have never done it before, watch a video, but go into your bio settings. And if you never did anything, then just don't fuck with it. But if you have, make sure you're looking at your bio settings before you do it. But it did make a pretty big difference. Um now my machine performs exactly how I want it to.
0: Nice. Nice. So. It, it's just a good reminder that um that you should periodically Probably, about once a year, if not twice a year, just check your motherboard manufacturer's website for any critical bios updates because bios and bios flash on on your motherboard can can cause serious issues, especially as firmware on chip on chips progresses
1: yeah i was I was looking at the um, remember how my machine didn't used to restart very yep. well. That was one of the hitches. Gotcha. It fixed that. I can reset my machine now Woohoo! More, without just turning it all the way off. Anytime I do a windows <laughs> update, waiting about another on. minute and then turning it back on to finish an update, which nice. is always annoying as hell. Um, but yeah, it did make a difference. I will say, take this with a grain of salt. Cause I, I could be wrong. I think unless you're just, like, power cycling your machine in the middle of a BIOS update, it's kind of hard to fuck it up. But thanks to remember, if you do fuck it up and something does happen, you can do what I did and just clear CMOS. Usually it just requires taking something metal and touching the post on it for it on your machine. Some of them have a little plug you can pull and put in another position and put it back. Just look to see how you do that before you flash your BIOS. All that does is it sets it back to default settings. You can pull your battery, too. Yeah. And pull it for about a minute and put it back in. And it just basically sets it to default factory settings. Yep. Which is in well, the firmware, I'm, baked into the firmware, essentially. And I'll, so unless you have a power surge in
0: the middle of that, like you're not necessarily going to brick your machine. Yeah. Or a lot of mid-high boards like mine and high-end motherboards um, actually have a button on the motherboard to clear CMOS. So that's that's also a thing. And if you don't know what that is, it just, like I said, it's a factory reset for your
1: board to put it back to factory settings. Yep. It just, this is the setting it came with and that's the one that's already installed. Like I said, it is kind of hard to fuck up. It, it won't
0: change the the BIOS version on your board, but it will clear all of the settings. So, you know, if you fuck up a, 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 a RAM speed or... Or a CPU clock or something like that, you can always clear it back to default by resetting the CMOS.
1: I've had to do it a couple of times where I was like, I'm going to try five gigahertz because I got a knock to a cooler, which is something I actually did. And then I realized that it runs way too hot and it thermal shuts off. That's the thing. PC overclocking nowadays, when it gets too hot, it's kind of built in to say, you're running too hot. We can't do this. Let's shut off.
0: You also now, I mean, really, with Ryzen five um, and with Intel. Oh, this was with my old Sandy Bridge. I tried to get that sucker to oh, no, five gigahertz. Yeah. Um, well, by that time, your your Sandy Bridge. By the time you got the Noctua cooler, your Sandy Bridge chip was probably not the best idea to overclock it anyway.
1: Oh, that thing was but, a screaming demon, dude! Like the. So it's but, an i seven Sandy Bridge from twenty twelve, and that thing was yeah. pure gold. It lasted me all the way to twenty nineteen. Oh that, hell yeah! But it only had eight lane. It only had like eight virtual CPUs. So like that was a limitation, and yeah, I, it didn't cause... hyper. It had a really low cache on it, and it didn't hyperthread as well as the newer ones. And so technically, I'm at the same speed, but with more cores and more efficient switching, of course. And so to me, spending the hundred and fifty bucks to get the AMD. Ryzen 5 was a pretty big upgrade, and also it overclocked super easy. The other one I really had to I had to do something kind of dumb, right? I had to play with voltages, which yeah. we also found out that my uh, thermal paste had wore off as well, so I was running some pretty dangerous ground with that, running different voltages. Um, yeah, you, you were. Don't, you don't really have to do that, though, with the Ryzen unless you're going like the weird extreme overclock shit. Honestly, if you want to overclock and you want to do it like a basic overclock where it's not crazy, but it's still fast, a good Noctua cooler runs you're like, okay, I could be lying. It got, I got that Noctua cooler for 60 bucks and it's got two radiators on it and a big ass fan on it. And that thing is quiet and it vents heat very well.
0: Oh yeah. Noctua fans are some of the best air movers out there.
1: It doesn't I mean, match the rest of the inside because it's not white, but I don't care because it's fucking Noctua and Noctua's badass. Noctua and if I could afford, if I wanted to spend three hundred dollars on or four hundred dollars on fans, I'd go pure Noctua throughout the whole case. But
0: oh, I yeah. wasn't about that after I spent two hundred bucks in that case. The, I mean, they're they're absolutely when it comes to. Um, when it comes to high end and making sure you're getting good fans that will far outlast your PC, Nocto is, is worth the markup for air cooling, um, most of the time. There are a couple of... You almost
1: can't tell that it's on except for the noise that it makes with running air through the fins. Yeah. It's not the fan
0: making the noise. It's the airflow. It's not. The only thing I would say is probably, uh, pretty comparable to it is the, uh shit what is
1: that i was gonna say very minor difference between that and liquid cooling
0: the liquid cooling is about the only way you really get better than the away air cooler
1: and it's not immediate cooling the same way that air cooling is it takes a while and it evens everything out but again you know what's funny is
0: I'm not but side liquid cooling too. does take overclocking a whole lot better
1: it does But the thing is, is most people that get liquid cooling don't overclock to the degree that they could. Like, it takes you to a point where it's like professional overclocking, where you're getting to changing voltages and things like that, which does shorten the life of your CPU. Um, And I don't think it's worth the additional couple hundred bucks you're going to do with getting a good liquid cooling, you know, set up, right? I know you can get a radiator and everything else for probably a hundred bucks, but like to get a real decent upgrade to where you're going to do some extreme overclocking, you got to spend some money. Yeah. And I don't, I don't honestly think that you're not, some people put blocks on their GPUs. I understand that. But as expensive as GPUs are right now, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't even fucking, I've thought about modifying the fans on mine, but I was like, yeah. That card's way too fucking expensive. I'm not messing with it.
0: Yeah, no. And most of the time, as long as you've got good airflow in your case, um the the chance that your um that your GPU overheats enough to uh to thermal throttle um with the standard fan package that comes on on the vast majority of of graphics cards. Um before your CPU thermal throttles is pretty low. Um even if your CPU's on on like a uh three hundred and sixty millimeter uh radiator. So I mean Just, I wouldn't risk it. Um, though water cooling's generally pretty safe, especially with AIO coolers. Um, your, your risk for leaks now are, um, are very, very low on those. So, you're, the chance that the, um, that the water throughout the AIO, um, either completely evaporates, like years and years and years down the road, um, or gets uh, builds up enough corrosion to no longer be uh, thermally as thermally conductive, are much higher than it ever leaking. So, but. That's enough on hardware, I think. Um, just you know, main main thing in the story is just check your motherboard BIOS every once in a while. Make sure there's not uh, not any new updates. Um, especially if you have a have a fairly new CPU. Um, uh, right, Ry- Ryzen five, Ryzen seven. Um, Intel ninth gen or newer, pretty much. Um, that said, I think, uh, I don't really have, I don't really have any other news pieces other than, um, it was announced this week, um, that, uh, Unity has laid off 4% of their total workforce, um, equate that equates to about 200 people um but to be honest the um that's not surprising considering the it it's sad i'm not trying to downplay that but not surprising with the state of the current state of the economy um and you know what epic epic games has been epic's been going through with uh, um with the different lawsuits, etc. I mean, eventually, eventually once the, once the big development with unreal five um, was finished, which with unreal five's full launch earlier this year, um, I expected that to, to happen at some point because you know, once you're, once you're done developing your, once you're done with primary development on your new engine and it's and it's been for the most part debugged then there's no real reason to uh at least in a cap in a uh in most companies they don't really fun- it's really hard to justify keeping those employees on unless you're immediately starting development on the next one um so hopefully, hopefully those guys can uh, can find new work soon. I mean, with uh, programmers like that, I'd imagine I'd imagine they shouldn't have much of a problem. And I'm sure it's not just programmers. I'm sure you've got some uh, some some general software engineers, QA testers, etc. So, uh, wish wish all Wish all of those that did lose their jobs the best.
1: Well, does that about do it for tonight's show?
0: I think that about does it. Alright, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels YouTube.com slash tiltcast, And search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe.
1: Find some friends of the show. you got Cabbage KBG. You've got noquarters.net you've got for the love of gaming you've got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv they like nintendo and with that it's the end of the show peace